back to another episode of the Weekly Call, the unscripted, unedited weekly conversation between Austin, John, and Ammer. Uh, this week is a bit of a different episode. I have Ammer here with me doing the intro. Uh, it is currently December 1st. Uh, the episode is coming out tomorrow morning, and it's about Ammer's Tony Robbins experience in Miami. Uh, and this took place on, uh, we, the podcast recording took place on November 10th, uh, and we just wanted to quickly intro it and give people a little bit of uh, indication as to what's to come on this episode. Thanks for the uh, intro, Austin. I apologize in advance. I am, I'm very sick, uh, so my voice may sound a bit off, but I had to, I had to get on for this intro. Um, this is one of the most important episodes for myself. Uh, because right away, the reason I even went to Miami and attended a Tony Robbins event, by the way, before this episode starts, you should definitely Google those two words, Tony Robbins, to get some sort of idea of what the heck we're going to be talking about. He's one of the most important people in the 21st century. Do a quick Wikipedia search. But what started out for me as a, uh, as a conversation about what went through in Tony Robbins I went places I never thought I would, and I shared about things that I never thought I would either. So um, thank you for being here, and I hope you get something from this. Uh, um, the reason I want to do this intro is just to state I did something that was very hard for me uh, in, in, in the episode you're about to listen to, which is me just being vulnerable. Uh, but it's a muscle that I would like to practice more of because the, uh, the times that I found myself to be the most vulnerable is actually when I had the most power and control. So uh, I would challenge you after this episode to practice a bit of vulnerability, whether it's with yourself or a significant other or with some friends. And, and you'll that, see what he means by vulnerability. It's not about making your, it's not putting yourself up for loss or or no, setting yourself no. up to fail. It's really just about being open and integ- in, in integrity. So keeping it real exactly yeah and uh it was very clear to me as soon as Amber got on the podcast that night that uh it was cool because when we sat down to do it he literally came right out of the seminar uh at like 10 i think we even pushed the recording back to like 11 p.m uh eastern time uh so that we could get you right after so this is literally the voice uh of Amber coming out of this uh probably 30 minutes out just cab back to his uh Airbnb and hopped on the podcast. So really raw material and uh, some really, you're going to be listening to a pretty pumped up dude. So I, I was just listening to it uh, a couple hours ago. Uh, so I'm excited for it to come out too. So we really hope you enjoy. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching or listening. All right. How are we doing this week, fellas? I'm out here in uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, just attended a conference with the the one and only Tony Robbins. Have you guys heard of him? No. Wait, what? No, I'm kidding. I know who he is. Uh, um, okay. For some of the people who may not know who he is, just give him a little brief intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for a little, let me ask John. You know who Tony Robbins is, right? Uh, yeah. Hold on. We don't even introduce Tony Robbins. That we're just good to go. Tell us. About- <laughs> Tell us, tell us about this conference. I'm, yeah, man, I'm yes. fascinated. Anyone who doesn't know Tony Robbins, go look him up and come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you don't John's know Tony like, Robbins. Okay, cut the uh, shit. Uh, like, let's uh, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well, I'll give you a brief, brief uh, you know, introduction to this guy. This guy owns 55 companies. He's almost a billionaire. He's fed 500 million people. 
already. He, uh, on a daily basis, he, he provides water to 100,000 people in India. He's dedicated his life to the betterment of himself and the people around him. And he's developed, he's a best-selling, six-time best-selling author. And he's developed some of the world's best systems uh, to get people out of anything, whether it's a financial rut, emotional, psychological, we want, we want better relationships. So he's a go-to guy, call him the self-development guru. He has a, even a Netflix show called I'm Not Your Guru, you know, ironically, but uh, he's truly, truly an incredible human being. Uh, his friend group includes all, almost all billionaires. He's sought out for his training and coaching by Alan, Oprah, Usain Bolt, like President Bush, John F. Kennedy, Bill Clinton, uh, Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett, you name it. The wealthiest and most well-known people, even kings and princes, um, invite him out. So um, truly, truly, truly incredible human being. And he had this conference in Miami called Unleash the Power Within. It's uh, kind of his introductory conference. It's three and a half days around 14 hours per day, um, really intense. Uh, and uh, boys, day one, it was a Thursday, started at like 11.30, ended at 1.30 a.m. And really, one of the reasons I wanted to go there is, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I said, hey, I haven't been, in a, you know, I haven't surrounded myself with the with a new group in a while. I haven't got myself out of my comfort zone in a while. I'm just going to, you know, pack a, pack a bag, fly my, by myself. I don't know anybody here. I didn't travel with anybody completely full immersion in this. Right. So day one, it's all about like creating quote unquote, an extraordinary life. Um, and he asks for your why it talks about, you know, psychology. So I'll ask you, Austin, what do you think, is the number one thing that stops people from progressing in life. Uh, and you know the answer to this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But so, I wanna, like, well, what do you think? I'll get John. The number opinion. one reason why people, what, sir, repeat the question? Like, like, don't progress in life or don't try better themselves. Um, Over reliance on their past is a standard to set going forward. Over reliance on the past, okay, John. Like, yeah, using like over relying on the standard, which is based on the past. Okay, cool, John. What do you think? What do you mean by progress? Like progress towards what? Like just moving forward, like taking action, like being your best. Probably lack of belief in themselves. Lack of belief. Uh, cool. So John was actually closer, but they're both right. Um, it's fear. And what John said is basically, uh, one of the most common fears is that, you know, quote unquote, I am not enough. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I can't do it. That's a fear. And the second most common fear is that I am not, I won't be loved. If I do this, I won't be loved. People won't like me if I do this. Um, those are the two main factors. So, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what the conference is. I can sit here. I have all these notes and you know different things. But I'll tell you what I got out of this. Uh, end of day one, this guy made made us walk on fire. So, yes, I. You heard that right. We took off our, our shoes, our socks, and we walked across. How many? Sorry, how many people were at this conference? Thirteen thousand people. 
So what type of logistics are involved for 13,000 people to walk across coals? Like how long did this take? Um, from the moment we left the stadium till I finished probably 30 minutes. It was incredible. That's it's, insane. That is impressive uh, in and of itself. It is incredible, Austin. Uh, 15 feet, burning hot coal. What did you uh, do? Did you burn like your feet? Do they have multiple <laughs> rows of this? Like yes, yes. Exactly. Did you burn your feet to shit or what? Like across this. Yeah, yeah. No, they had multiple lanes, and no, Austin, I did not burn my feet. Did that's anybody so severely burn their feet? Severely, no. And that's what's so incredible. One of the things, the last things he teaches on day one, is how you can alter your state. So, I'm willing to bet the best ideas, the most confident that you've been the the most incredible memory you have of like bravery or courage is when you were you were at a peak state so like mentally and psychologically you were standing the right way thinking like similar thoughts so he got it pardon me that or when we're drunk yeah or you were near exactly well that's the thing being drunk can get you in a certain state it's like doing you know doing drugs can lead you in different ways but if you can do that naturally and at will then you really true have have root, wow. your true power. So I've actually learned over the past four days how I can hype myself up um, in a way that puts me in a peak state. It's not like I'm yelling and running around. It's like I do a couple of movements that I know are unique to my body and my physiology. Yeah, and I'm so focused and I'm like so determined and uh, like courage steps up. Like I'm, ideas start f- flying up in the air. It's it truly 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 incredible and that's such a small thing in the entire conference he's taught he talked about business um the science of momentum like what do you have to do like let's say you put yourself in a peak state then you have to like find your passion like what do you love what do you hate what are you passionate about um then there's all these like limiting beliefs that step in the way then you have to identify what are the six needs there's six needs that drives humans to do what they need to do and it's like which one is dominating your life and how do you change that if you want to? Um, oh. How do you follow through? Um, how do you create a constant? So can you, it, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm really, really interested to hear, like, not only what you got out of this weekend with Tony Robbins, because, first of all, congratulations on doing that, because that's actually insane that you went out and did that, made the time for it, and, and just invested oh, in you, your man. own self-education, like, or your, your, your own self-improvement. Um, I think I I truly believe that regardless of what people can afford to do on a yearly basis, something needs to be done in order to tangibly invest in getting better. Um, people may assume a lot of the time that, you know, as years go by, we get older, we get better. I'm sure that many people now, no, I know. And I know that I'm sure that many people can now argue the opposite if they are older. (laughs) Um, but I think especially, well, I think that it correlates, but you I think that better. assuming time will make situations better doesn't exist. What I'm the point I'm trying to make is going out and investing in your own self improvement and education towards um, you know emotional intelligence, communication skills, and really being able to self analyze yourself and your situation. And like you know, it's really really important. I think that we could probably best understand and get a lot of value out of what you got, Amir, if you're able to describe not necessarily just listing things off as to what Tony did and what he spoke mm. about, but what you got out of it from your perspective. Um, mm. Hopefully like, you know, 
I know that for myself, I'll get more out of it that way because I know you really well. And hopefully that, you know, we're a few episodes in, people already have an idea a little bit as to who you are. And so that way they can understand it better that way, possibly. Totally. So um, I didn't know what to do with my business career. Do Do I stick to the franchise? Do I open up my own painting company? Do I jump in at this radical idea that I had one day that's of a new business that I want to start? And within those four days, I know exactly what it is. I'm, I'm not pursuing, I'm not running a residential painting company next year. I'm going to go full out and I'm going to, for the first time, partner up with somebody. So I used to have this belief that you can't have a business partner, that that will just lead to pain and suffering. I, I was able to find where that originated from, find out that that's just BS. It's not really true. The most can successful you, people have Are you many able business to provide partners. some more detail there? Oh, yeah, totally. I, um... When I was, I think, eight years old or something, I was in, in Jordan, and my dad walks in, and he, he, he looks very flustered, and I ask him, what's, what's going on? He's like, don't worry about it. I was like, what's going on? He said, don't worry about it. I ask him, what's going on? He looked me dead in the eyes, and he said, never in your life trust a business partner, ever. What I found out years later is that, unfortunately, uh, my dad was scammed out a huge sum of money. I'm not going to mention the amount, but it was a huge sum of money from another business partner. So that was ingrained in me. I'm like, okay, cool. Like if, if that's what's going to happen, that's going to happen. And if you know, uh, if I haven't told you yet, in my first year of running a residential painting business, I had somebody who played a huge role in my business. You can consider him a business partner. But because this belief was sort of sitting in front of all of our conversations that, oh, how is this guy going to scam me? What's the truth? It was in the way of us creating an authentic relationship and it caused the other person to just actually end up scamming me or not really scamming, just disappearing with my equipment. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I mean? So uh, that I noticed. And, and now that I know that the belief is there, I can full on take on a business partner, be confident in that and just know that this limiting belief uh, is, is just it's all it is is a belief. It's not factual. Um, and I can go out and, and do what I want. The, the second thing I got from the event is, uh, I wasn't really planning on sharing this, but you know, I'll, I'll respect the person's confidentiality just to give really true value to the people listening. So, uh, for the first time in my life, I started dating. I'm 21 years old. Yes. For the first time, it was the first time I went out there, got myself the girl. She was amazing. She still is amazing. And then uh, a weekend to our relationship. Uh, unfortunately, one thing went to another and she cheated on me. And uh, it was an ugly situation, but even though it was out of my control and you know all of that, my brain immediately jumped into this natural state of like hating the person. And it's like, ah, was there like a link back to the, the business partner no, and, and trust no, no, there? Is no, it say, okay? It was, no, no. it was segregated in your head. Okay. Totally different. It had nothing to do with that. You got to remember, Austin, I, I grew up in a country 12 years of my life, and it was not through my parents or family. No, God bless them. It was really usually through my friends in Jordan, where it was like kind of this, this sexist ideology was, was like ingrained. So yeah, and that's I spent many. Yeah, I, you know, I, I spent, we've spoke about that a few times. Like that's something that I, I truly believe like until well, even if I were to try to experience it at this point in my life, it, you, you know, I could never possibly see that from your perspective and under truly understand oh, man. that. Right. So 
yeah and like just to be clear i wasn't like this you know belligerent sexist walking around <laughs> you know pointing over <laughs> no 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 it was like just this belief of, of around women that was like that i kept in but like it would prevent me from having true relationships and it was not until right. you know a year ago where truly i was able to let that go and and, and develop it so jumping into my first relationship it was so natural for me to react like, aha, this is exactly why I shouldn't date. I'm not meant for it. I can't date Canadian women. I have to stick with Middle Eastern women. And all this stuff popped up. It's like, oh, she's a terrible person. And the fact of the matter is she's not a terrible person. She did something that was terrible. It doesn't make her a terrible person. And the consequence of that is I simply, I just can't trust that individual in a relationship. That's it. So I was able to, through this, through, during the four days, actually get freedom. Because yeah, that sounds very, you, uh, it sounds like that. First of all, man, that, that's great. I'm really happy you were able yeah. to make that um, differentiation for yourself because like even, and I want, you know, listeners to really pay attention here is that a guy like Amr, who I would consider to be one of the most, um, I mean, both you uh, and John Amr are probably two of the most, I guess, emotionally intelligent in the way that they're aware of the impacts their emotions have on them. Therefore they're very cognizant and have a better ability to control that. Um, but even someone like you, um, given the right situation, uh, can easily fall victim into that negative spiral of telling yourself a story as to how these things came about. Right. Um, totally, man. And it, so there's it, never, and I think scary. the most important takeaway is just that like, it's a never ending investment in making sure that we understand how these life situations are going to impact us. They're not going to stop impacting us. There's just one thing after the other in our life. It's unpredictable. Uh, whether yeah. your whether your partner cheats on you or uh, a close person in your life passes away or, or something that you can't even imagine happening happens. It's just uh, that is usually what will kind of cause that cascade. Right. And so I'm glad you're able to get oh. some closure on that. So. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that because, you know, a hatred doesn't really serve anybody. You become a slave to that. So it's like, you know, oh, am I going to see this person or oh, this person deserves this, deserves that. At the end of the day, like God's the only judge. I forgive her. If she's listening, like I forgive her. Like there's, there's nothing there for me. She just made a mistake. And that's the ultimate sign that we're just not compatible. Um, so that... I'm okay with that. The truth has been set free. Now we know, you know, who we are, who we are not. So within those four days, I was able to say, great. What's the conclusion from this? The conclusion is, is I am looking for a relationship because I do feel with the right woman by my side, I can really, like both, you know, for the viewers, Austin and John both have amazing girlfriends that I'm sure they will tell you accelerate their growth in every shape or form in their life. So despite this, there's no rebounding because I'm, I'm over it. It's completely fulfilled. So I'm out there still, you know, I'm excited to, to look for, you know, a powerful woman that's, that can sit there with me and, and build an empire. And I look forward to them building an empire with. So these are just two of the small things that I was able to get from this uh, conference, other than surrounding myself with incredible people, getting a potential client for my next business, um, eliminating these conflicting thoughts. I was able to, I look at my physical body, different uh, ways how you know, my eating, my sleeping was affecting me, uh, different ways I saw my finances that I never thought before would, would be possible. Um, and now I have all these systems that I can fall back on. So, you know, God forbid a family member gets ill 
you know, you know, in my hand, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on, you know, this book that I'm here and all these notes that I've taken, I can fall back on and, and be like, oh, great. Like I just had, to, you know, a client is extremely upset and is threatened to, to sue. Okay. Yeah. What are her, what's her need here? Why is she being listened to? Okay. What do I have to restructure in my business? How can I really put myself in a state where I'm not like a victim to my emotion of stress? So all the decisions I'm making are not optimal but instead put myself in a neutral state or in a, in a hyper state for me to make correct decisions. All these things, man, I am so excited. And I want to declare this here, boys. Right? Yeah. And I, I, that's... I am so excited. I want to, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Also. Because of this, uh, the hunger has, has relit in my stomach. I got complacent. I, I hit this ridiculous goal. I'm getting all this praise. And then I got complacent. And it's the re- re- that's actually the real reason why I came here. Because complacency was scary. It's like, oh, you know, I made all this money. I'm getting all this recognition. Woohoo. But now I can proudly say I am excited to start up this new business. And my goal, market here, is to net profit $1 million by the end of 2020. You heard that right. My goal for next year is to make a million dollars. So that's, I would never been able to say that. Now, the odds of that happening, I don't know the mathematics on that. I don't know if the model will bring that. All I know is there's, there's this goal that now exists in the future that's going to do one thing. Because it's not about the million dollars. It's about what, who do I have to be to get that million dollars? What person do I have to become? And that's what I'm excited about. Because now I want to read books. Now I want to focus on my habits. So slowly I'm becoming a better person. Whether I make this million dollars or not is completely insignificant. But this goal out here now exists. That makes me want to go back in there, jump back in, and become the best version of myself. So, you know, thanks for asking me about this, Tony Robbins. Anybody who's listening, get your ass out. You're listening for a reason, for the betterment of self. Invest in yourself. And I remember Greg Cardone did a live stream. I was lucky enough to jump in there, and he rec- accepted my request to jump on the live stream. We were in front of 4,000 people. I asked him, Grant, I have X amount in my bank account. And for the sake of this conversation, it was around, um, it, it, was a, it, it was a significant amount of money. And he said, that's not enough. That's not enough. I'm like, okay, but how do I invest this? Is like any money, any dollar amount below $100,000 should be reinvested in yourself. Get yourself new clothes. Get yourself, find out what your haircut is. If you have you know, speaking impediments, go get that fixed. If you're nervous to get on stage, get classes to learn how to speak on stage. If you have all these things, spend money on books, spend money on seminars, conferences, the landmark forum, like get out there, invest in yourself. And once you have money now over a hundred thousand dollars, then only then can you start really thinking about huge investments that can alter your life. So anybody who's listening, invest in yourself. Thank you for tuning in um, to this moment. I know I've hogged up a lot of the airspace, so I'll now turn it to my partners, um, Austin and John, but uh, the betterment of self is what's really about. And that's why Austin and John and myself jump on this, on this weekly call, even though I'm Miami, I don't have the microphone or audio. I'm just committed that we, we do this every week for as long as possible because integrity is one of those things, but it's for the betterment of self. So. Damn. <laughs> um, I think that, what you just said, uh, relative to your goal. Um, again, I think that it's important on, for the sake of this podcast is not to attribute any anchor points for, for dollar value. 
in terms of income, just because the problem with that, in my opinion, is everybody has a different definition or different feeling that they derive from a certain number in their bank account or on their income statement. And for us to tell you that, uh, like, you know, Amir, you said your goal of making a hundred, uh, your goal of making a million dollars, uh, net, uh, profit, which ultimately is your income, uh, next year, um, is to most, I would say laughable. Uh, some people might think it's impossible, but for John and I, I don't one second doubt that it's pos- impossible for you just because of the type of relationship we've had. I've seen what you've accomplished and how you go about doing that and what the impact of goal setting is for you and how it motivates you. And I know you well enough to know that like you just acknowledged directly after listing that goal, is it likely that I don't hit it? Yes. Um, and I think that this is where a lot of people distance themselves from the possibility of goals they're setting. Now, is like you said yourself, is there a stronger likelihood that you do or do not make a million dollars next year? We can't actually can't answer that question, but from what you've proven, you, you, like from your rate of acceleration in the last three years, it's not um, an unreasonable conjecture. Uh, and uh, that's why I just wanted to touch on the, the income uh, like anchor point. Uh, just because, you know, if anybody were to say, well, you know, Amber, I know you made this much money this year, therefore this goal is uh, attainable. Um, I think that it wouldn't really do anybody enough justice, but I think that John and I can both say that given what you've proven to us, at least, we speak in detail off air a lot about this stuff is, uh, from what I know, I think it's definitely possible. And just quickly, um, I just wanted to highlight as well, just to kind of drive this point home and, and make it something that people who are listening to this can, can take away is that th- what you were describing Amir for what you got, uh, out of Tony Robbins, um, it's very kind of landmark esque, like from what you took away from how you, how you got closure with the person that cheated on you. Um, John, had you done landmark? I forgot when we spoke about this. I'm doing it uh, at the end of this month. Holy shit. Like the forum. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's I'm really, incredible. really interested to hear what you gain from that, yeah, given that you're really well educated in it already, yeah. mostly. Yeah, but Austin, I just want to jump in here for a second because I don't want to confuse people. When we say landmark esque, we don't mean it's like landmark because all these, all these books you read, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, programs like Landmark, Tony Robbins, they all really talk about the same thing, which is the betterment of self. That so that when when you know when Austin says landmark esque. He just means betterment of self. Sorry. Yeah. And, and Amber, just a quick reminder, we never actually aired that episode where you and I went into depth about Landmark. So. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I know. I know. So we never totally like. Confused people. Yeah. But at the same time, like most people may not know what it is. I'd say probably the vast majority of people who are listening to this have no idea what Landmark is. Um, and, and landmark for lack of a better lack of a more long and accurate description is essentially a um, self-expression and communication course that is based off of philosophy 
that life is empty and meaningless and any attributions that you choose to attribute to your life are strictly that attributions and they're completely self-constructed. So what happened happened and what didn't happen didn't happen. Anything else in between is what you tell yourself and that's either good or bad. Most of the time it's bad in terms of negative stories that negatively self-reflect on you. Um, but it kind of made me think like, you know, when I was telling people that I was doing landmark, I did both the, the form and the advanced course, um, similar to the Tony Robbins style too. It's 40 hours over three days. Uh, when you go to describe it to somebody uh, as to what you're doing or what you've gotten or what you've gotten out of the program, the, um, you know, I, I left both the form and the advanced course just really, really moved, really, really well educated on my own, um, on how my brain works and, and, and support of, and, and, how my brain works in terms of attributing and not attributing success, uh, how it's, you know, built to protect myself, built for survival, not built for necessarily growth risk taking, and especially what it takes to be the person in charge of a ship that manages the well-being and, and income of several other people. Um, and so describing that to people was a very interesting experience. And I'm sure that you, John, will encounter that next month. And as well as Amory, you've definitely incurred this experience at this point but there's this I wouldn't call it a stigma because it's not negative it's a little just it's just a little bit confusing and there's kind of this misconception that I wanted to address because I find it a little bit strange um, when I spoke about uh, investing in your own self um, improvement earlier is that when people say this is my experience anyway when I've told someone that I've just done a self-expression and communication forum to improve my own outlook on life you know, the, the, the look and the reaction I get from people is somewhat mixed because, you know, that's not normal. You know, if you do that, you must have a problem. And the <laughs> issue, you know what I mean? And I'm sure you've probably incurred this, Amir, is uh, people are starting yeah. to look at you, you know, like, is everything okay? And are, are you okay? And do you want to talk about anything? And you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm great. Haven't been better. Uh, and, and you start to kind of come off as this guy that's on another planet mentally and not in a good way <laughs> can, I, can i interject here for a moment yeah <laughs> yeah one thing i find is that when speaking about you know all of these topics so self-improvement yeah this just yeah yeah like so amor you know one thing that that may not come off well to some of the listeners is if they're not very deep in self-improvement game or depending on how skeptical they are, they may just take your reaction and your explanation of the weekend as you basically just paid to get jacked up, which, you know, a song could do for you. And you, you have like this emotional response. Mm -hmm. Now you're super jacked up. You know, you're, it's the day that you finish the event. You're super excited. Right. And they're like, but all that's bullshit. And yeah, cause you just wrapped one up thing I find is, tonight, right? Like literally hour ago. Uh, three hours ago. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, go ahead, John. You're right out of it. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, you explain landmark form to people or, you know, I, I try and explain stoicism to people. <laughs> yeah. Try, how's that going? <laughs> uh, actually quite well, um, but it's another topic, but, uh, you, you, you try and explain some sort of advice to someone, you explain wisdom, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, Taoism, you explain some sort of philosophical idea to someone, right? Cause what Amber is talking about is just, it, it's a philosophy. It's a way of living, right? Yes. 100%. And 
I, I think there's like almost like a rejection, right? And, and, and it goes right actually to the one of the uh, to the main points that Amber was talking about, which is this lack of belief in oneself and fear. And there's kind of two components here that I could kind of maybe speculate on is that, that when you when we explain these topics to people, or when I have conversations with other individuals, I can this is going to you know lack of a better term, I can almost smell the mediocrity of them. They just reap fear that they actually aren't the best self. Like the fact that, like, mm, by, like I can see that. Of, yeah, it's almost them saying, "Well, no, I don't need to go to these events, or I don't need to believe what Adam um, is saying, or I don't do any of this because there's almost a fear that then they would have to accept that they're not good enough. And in a sense, that's how you improve is that you say that where you are now is now where you want to be. Hence, it's not good enough. So there's a fear to that. And so when I, when I find that I'm talking to people, it's hard to not one come off as uh, there's, there's a tendency sometimes to come off as um, a sense of superiority. And I don't mean to do that sometimes, but when you're speaking in, in these situations, I find that there's almost a fear that, that you're pulling away from them. That's, oh my God, Amher's upgrading his life. Like he's leveling up. And to them, I think that scares the shit out of them because they're falling behind or whatever. Or they sense that they're falling behind, even though they don't need to. Yeah, yeah I can't remember whether or not we've said this on this podcast before, but um, to kind of exemplify what that disconnect between somebody that you're explaining this to and yourself is that the thing that... Um, the person that enrolled me in landmark and really pushed me to do it a few years ago, um, gave me this one liner quote, kind of a quote that you'd almost see it. Like maybe even something like at the end of an email, you know, people that do that, that have like an inspirational quote in their email signature. Every life um, coach. Yeah. And so, um, the quote was, we live our lives to the degree that we can accept. Um, I'm totally butchering this, but it's essentially, <laughs> I'm not going to quote it. I'm just going to give you the, I'm going to paraphrase it. It's, <laughs> it's how we live our lives, uh, which are, we live our lives in a way that we accept to the degree yeah. we accept as opposed to the degree that we are trying to yeah, achieve. Yeah. What's the, it's the standard? You? Yeah. Yeah. It's this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So l- life gives us, what we think we deserve no that's not it well maybe it but that's not what i was it's um oh. you guys are really butchering this <laughs> cool, cool. uh no it's the fact that we live our lives um in a way that everything we do in our life is so that we we're not going to do something that we feel terrible about um we live our lives in a way that we don't want to go past the standard of what we consider to be least acceptable but we're extremely motivated to not go under that threshold of where we consider to be like the, the, the most average version of ourselves. If we fall under that standard, we'll feel really bad. And we work really hard to stay right above that point where we consider to be negative, but the additional motivation to be the best version of ourselves is very weak. So like we we're very comfortable in this area uh, that we that's, that's considered like you could call it your comfort zone. We're very, very motivated to stay in our comfort zone. Uh, if we go beneath what we consider to be comfortable, we're extremely motivated to get back into that area of comfort. But when it comes to getting out of our comfort zone in the, in the upward direction, we're not as motivated. Um, 
So when you're at zero, to get to 10 is far harder than from getting from negative one to zero or negative 10 to zero. Sure, and that's uh, what Amber was talking about was complacency. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so um, that's probably one of my biggest fears, if I'm being transparent. Yeah, and that that's sure. yeah, that's 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 an important. I'm sure all three of us have that in common. As <laughs> individuals who are young and trying to improve themselves, I think yeah. the biggest fear because the status quo is to do nothing except the base rate. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, that that's yeah, like the like not improving is like such a terrifying concept yeah but it's it's the it's the status quo it's the exception it's the acceptable way of living is is just let time pass and do what you need to do to not be homeless um right uh. <laughs> well the, the natural the, the natural human condition like our brain is wired not to make us happy not to like have us you know sort of live above our means or anything or anything like that. we're our, literally our brains designed for us to survive right so that's why most people just survive you know surviving paycheck to paycheck nothing wrong with that but surely they, they're not totally free the biggest stress is is, is money yeah and and that was mine and i was that's just it scared me man like I, want, I just wanted to escape the rat race and I was willing to do anything. Yeah. Um, John, you had done uh, the Cardone 10X Growth Conference as well, right? Yeah, I did um, Cardone University. A good portion of it, at least. Uh, there's, there's some of it that's hard to get through. And then uh, I also went to 10X Growth Con, yeah. What, given what Amber shared, what would you say, um, obviously they're two very different purposes. Um, given what you were trying to accomplish at the Cardone 10X growth conference, what would have been your biggest takeaway and how do you think you could have differently benefited from something like Tony Robbins? I don't, I, I don't know enough about Tony Robbins and I'm so like, I can't really, like I've listened to some of his podcasts. I've read some of his, I read, uh, one of his books called Unshakable. I liked yes. it. I read it years ago and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing that I got out of it that I can remember is actually the last chapter. It's interesting because it's a financial, it's a book on finances. And the only thing I remembered actually was the only non-financial portion of the book. It was the last chapter. And it was basically, uh, I, I at that time of my life, I like, I kind of like, I had like three years of was a depression, but like, certainly I was what Tony Robbins would call suffering. And he was just saying like, you're either like thriving or you're suffering. Like it's one of the two. And that I was like, in any given moment, you can just choose to be in a thriving state, which is sort of what Amber was kind of touching upon. And, yes. and that, that, that hit home with me. I was like, like, and that's that's kind of when I started um, getting into stoicism and started getting into personal development, like hardcore. Was that I was like fascinated by the idea that all of the suffering that I was that I was had in my life. He was saying that you you could develop control over that, and I was like, I want to do that. So I you know for the last you know however many years that's like been my mission. I mean I I think I've achieved it, but so. Like I haven't, I haven't would been in would you be able to provide? Yeah, would you be? I, I totally understand that, and I just want to try and pick that apart a little bit more. Like, would you be able to provide 
an example as to how that way of thought in terms of thinking, what, what sort of critical thought did you have to go through to really rationalize the idea of a one, uh, like a binary spectrum, uh, well, binary spectrum, binary and spectrum are technically antonyms, but like I don't know. a binary, yeah, a binary, yeah, <laughs> a binary value, two bin binary values of thriving and suffering. Like how how did you really, to the point of conviction, get to the idea that the the what you were going through? uh three years ago was literally a self-constructed well, window though it was like it was um like i i had felt like basically my entire life up, like up not even up to that moment it was it was actually a very gradual thing like it wasn't like i um like one day i woke up and all of a sudden i was thriving like basically sometime during this last well basically since meeting my girlfriend at some point in time during that, like, like I would say that, yeah, like basically like that would be like, I know like up to meeting my girlfriend, there was, there was suffering. And then at some point after meeting her, not that I'm saying she's the only reason, but I'm, she's, I'm sure she's a large factor. But at some point after that, the gradient, I kind of slowly just, I haven't had a moment of suffering in like a long time. Yeah. And what and, would and you define as a moment of suffering? Um, an interesting one thing I really want to mention there is that it's not actually so much that my life changed drastically. Like a lot of the same problems that I was facing during the suffering state. This is the this is the actually the most fascinating thing, and I'm, I'd love to get Amber's um, opinion on this after. It wasn't that the inputs of my life changed so drastically; it was my response to them that changed. <laughs> and it's exactly. so fascinating because it's like um, like the thought like a like. Like when a, I mean, this is a really basic example, but um, like, to, I mean, to answer, I guess to answer your question and and kind of talk on the same time is like this is a state of suffering. So I used to wake up every single morning for just about two years, puking. I was so stressed. I was in just such a state of unhealthiness, not only not only mentally but physically, and that's not an exaggeration. Every morning, wake up, puke, even if that's, I had nothing in my stomach. That's insane. Dry heat, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, like it, was actually, it was at the point where like my stomach was so fucked from that that like even if I ate too quickly at a restaurant, I would throw up. Are you comfortable kind of going a little bit more into detail just as to what that struggle was? What, what was? Well, like, think that? about like um, think about like if uh, like in the middle of the summer, imagine if every single one of your employees called you and quit, and like all of your jobs called you and canceled, and you were getting. Dude, by the only you're just one. giving me an example you're not saying that happened but it's no, like, that's how you felt i'm saying that was my state all the time is like, this was this something that was caused from like is there is there a, a series of events that caused this or is this just no, your perspective no. based off of no, it, well yes it was it was a series of um habits that i developed over the course of my entire life so like one right. i did not exercise two i was a pack a day smoker um, my, like my personal talk with myself was extremely negative. Um, and for, you know, and, and as much as I could speculate on why these things developed in the day they were there, like, I, you know, I can tell you the story of how I started smoking, but like I, I started smoking, right? So pack a day smoker financially not there. Like I was, I was spending way more than I was making. Um, you know, but even just my character traits though, like I was, a, a like a pathological liar, 
uh, like very dishonest, like, ex- like so dishonest. It was crazy. Um, so uh, there's no one event. Very, that, or- very neurotic, like so- anxiety ridden, like crazy, um, virtually no integrity at all. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. Like virtually, uh, like I was very poor in character, not only, not only in wealth. Do you, like, I know you're not going to speculate about the, the cause of why you started smoking or, or the cause of any of this stuff, but like at, at a very basic level, what do you believe caused this way of being? Is there a one event? Is there a, is there a difficult situation? Is there a, well, yeah, I was just, I was just ill-equipped to just handle the most basic of, of, of what life could throw at you. Right. It wasn't even so much that like, for example, at any given moment, I'm still faced with the proposition of smoking. I just choose right. to not smoke. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned, I'm it's funny. You literally just said that the word ill-equipped. Yeah. The word ill-equipped kind of just rang a bell with me. Cause I was listening to a podcast this week that discussed about redefining wealth in terms of, um, ability to deal with adversity and emotional intelligence. Um, yeah. Most people say like the word grit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like not equipping an individual to deal with adversity and not see the impact of their um, emotionally powered negative spiral is what they said redefined wealth um, in terms of in terms of the ceiling of performance that you could reach in terms of not only your professional career, but just your just, just your daily um like your happiness value, if you were able to calculate one, right? Well, potentially one, one way of putting this as well is that uh, when I started pursuing wealth of character above all, everything else sort of magically came into place. My anxiety, any sort of like depressive episodes I had, magically all my financial problems, magically when I became more honest, so did my employees, magically when I became a more fit person, I don't hang out with like all my friends yeah. are now fit. I like, think that's yeah. And thing I, that I yeah. Say, I'm going to get rid of everyone in my life. Who's not fit. No, just naturally by being fit. I attracted fit people to my life. My girlfriend is basically like without getting too much into this, but like basically the ideal human that I like that I could like want to be is like my girlfriend. And like by being better, I like attracted someone like her. Like there's no way yeah, that nice. John would be dating Trisha because Trisha is way too high quality of an individual to put up with that guy. And, 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 and the, the amount of clients that I had this year that were willing to pay me what they paid me, 19 year old John wouldn't attract those people. The 19 year old John attracted shit people in his life. Nice. Yeah. I well, think that's so. a really, really interesting, distinct, like, a, or a, like a, a difference well, to address. Baseline is move it up. Yeah, but the idea of attracting clients, right? It's not about selling or, or marketing. It's literally about being the type of person that attracts that type of person. Well, I mean, these are all statistical things. I mean, like at any given moment, like when I was 19, for example, and I was like very like, uh, like just not a good, like I, I would say that I was not, I wouldn't consider myself a good person. Like, is there some people that are like, that are like the best clients ever that would still hire me? Yes. But statistically speaking, it's super unlikely. Like, um, like how many people are going to hire a homeless person? Very few. Is it possible? Sure. But like being that being homeless puts you at a very statistical disadvantage. Being an honest individual 
puts you at a, like a very, the, the best statistical, you could still get cancer. Like I run a 5k daily and like, I like, and because of that, I'm like, my cardio is amazing. I'm super fit. Could I still get cancer? Fuck yeah. Statistically though, it's way less likely than when I was smoking. When I was smoking, really high chance. Not all smokers get cancer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like what Amra was saying, you know, I mean, as much as I'm, you know, I can disagree like with his, I'm going to make a million dollars next year. Like statistically probably not likely. Could he do it? Of course he could. Right. I mean, you could, anything's possible. But one thing I do like about what he, what he was saying though, is that he had to, he wants to be, he wants to be uh, make a million dollars next year. That's going to be someone who's completely different than him. And when I set the goal of, I'm not going to tell a single lie next year or tomorrow. That's a, that's basically saying you're going to be making a million dollars. Cause good luck trying to not to lie one time in a year. That's tough. But that's what I do every single year. I'm like, I'm not going to lie every year. I'm coming you know, hitting hard. Right. And I love that Ammer is trying to hit hard. Right. So people say, Oh, that's so dumb. It's like, well, you know what, man, like what's the alternative? Like, right. Set it up. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point you made about how he has to be a completely different person. Um, because if you think about it, uh, it, being in a conversation where Amr is currently communicating that he is going to be wanting to make a million dollars, our rebuttals to him at this point are almost rendered mute because any sort of justification that Amr is going to have for that uh, is coming from the person that is not making a million dollars. Anything we say why he couldn't do it is bullshit, and anything that Amr says why he could do it is probably bullshit as well. Yeah, it's but just about being happen, a different version happen. of yourself, yeah, yeah. likely a more a more uh, accountable, honest, and integrous person. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, I mean, if that's his strategy, I would say that he's probably statistically more likely to do that than if he was not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, yeah. you're going to have about. Um, Considering that you made what you made and also were on was on your phone for fifty hours a week, I mean, I'd say you're even better off. I changed that habit. But another thing <laughs> I want to mention is very it's gradual for the most part. Like at times, like it seems like you're leaping, but I tend to think that it's it, it's not so much linear, but it, it definitely like accelerates. Like so, for mm. example, um, it definitely accelerates. Like it's not it's it's it, it compounds. That's maybe the best way of putting it. Like. Uh, like when I, like when I first started, like, uh, like when I was 19, for example, I quite literally could not live the life I'm living right now. Like I, I couldn't just snap my fingers and do what I'm doing right now. 19 year old John couldn't run a 5k, let alone do it daily. Right. 19 year old John wouldn't finish a book in a month, let alone a book a day. That's what I'm clearing right now. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, 19 year old so John couldn't, um, couldn't do it. He couldn't live my life, right? Like he couldn't snap his fingers and, and the next day just decide to live what I'm living. He just couldn't do it. That's, it wasn't possible, but over time, right. Committing to it, you get better. You, you just, you, you take out one little thing here, you add it in there. Right? That's what Amber was talking about. Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, well, to try and encourage this and maybe provide some real life example and kind of provide an opportunity to work with you guys on this a bit. Like I'm currently having an issue where uh, it's almost like I feel as though I've developed a sense of attention deficit where I'm thinking about more things at once or more things, I guess in a day than I was last year. 
Sorry? Meditate? No, I don't meditate. Okay, meditate. Yeah. And also, I also think literally problem solved. Because, yeah, my problem is that it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be even doing something that I'm like treating myself with or that I'm not doing as like a work task. Like I could be writing a paper or I could be on my phone, like on Instagram or like eating something. And it's just, it, it, I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking. And so sometimes I'll have a thought where the, the, the timeline for doing that is very immediate. And so I'll just do it. And, and I become very hyperactive and, and I end up losing attention to the thing I'm actually doing. Um, well, consider this. When you're thinking that in itself, that, I mean, this is going to sound really like common sense, but if you think about it, you're probably, you're not actually doing this, but um, thinking in of itself is the present state of your consciousness. Yes. So like when you're saying, oh, I'm lost in my head, it's like, well, no, that's actually your present, right? Like, yeah, no, yeah. I know what meditation will help you do is, is yeah. realizing that when, when you're saying, oh, I'm so lost in my head and I'm thinking, right? You're still hearing, you're still seeing, you're still breathing, you're still sitting, you're still doing everything else. You haven't ceased to do any of that. It's all still in your consciousness. You're just thinking amongst all of that right yeah you're saying oh i'm not like i'm not eating it's like well no you are you're just not actually present with it right like, yeah yeah like i'm not i'm i'm becoming less and less present to what i'm physically doing as opposed to mentally doing yeah so I mean, so what i'm physically doing and what i'm mentally doing uh don't correlate as much as i would like them to correlate right so do you have like a, like, do you have like, I mean, like, do you have a, like, low key, do you have a, like a list of things that like in your brain that you just, you haven't completed yet? Like, do you have like a checklist of things that you just yeah. like? Yeah, I do for sure. Yes. A hundred percent. Because if you, because like, if you've been procrastinating on things and you haven't been like, you got to get all that stuff in your brain. Like. Yeah. So you're you saying just like literally list out these things that I've been thinking about, do them. And then, I mean, to my, to my knowledge, when I do that, cause I have done that and I make, I make a ton of lists, like the notes section on my no, map. No, no, I'm not saying just like the list lists to do that. Yeah. It's no, and I'm not saying the list thing. Well, well, yeah, I get that. I'm just saying that just to, give you an example as to how that actually works is I'll make a list of what I'm doing or what I'm thinking about. I'll do it. And then usually that list involves communicating to people, um, whether it's past employees, prospective employees, past clients, prospective clients, like all these things. Right. So it usually involves communication and that communication is reciprocated and then it's back in my inbox and that that's done. But I mean, it's mainly just about the, 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 the main problem, the main theme, I guess you could say, is more uh, business in, uh, like, in complement of school, right? So there's two very different things. Well, probably uncertainty. Yeah, but I mean, just the fact that I'm doing both at the same time. And so business is ongoing, school is, is fixed. So here's another, here's another way of saying it. So, like, um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got 
was from my, one of my ex-girlfriend's aunts. And like, it's, it's, a, it's such a random, it's such a random thing, but like, she like gave me a tarot card reading one time and not at all. Am I trying to like say that there's anything like science behind tarot card reading, but I remember she like gave me this one piece of advice with this, right. Like in the midst of her giving a tarot card reading. So like at first I was like, this is bullshit, but like over the, over the years of, of, <laughs> place a lot of it's this it's this okay because like i like i used to just always be thinking always be constantly just like it, that was the neurose like the the neurotic in me right like, yeah my anxiety yeah. yeah like always trying to just think things through right and yes. i remember like one time she said to me she's like but like what is your thinking actually accomplishing right because is you can think all you want about how the fact that you're doing school and business at the same time, but you're actually not going to get anywhere. Like you could actually sit down for the next 24 hours and only think about that and nothing would probably get done. Right. So it's just so, the fact that I need to address what is only there to be identified versus what is there to well, be Well, no, about. just, just like, like if you have a problem and you can't actually address it right now, it's not to say that that problem is not important, but it's to put it aside and say, we're going to deal with this when, when it, when, when we have a solution for it, like really controversial statement right now. And I don't want to get too much into this, but just something that they can put in perspective of how well this can go. I think global warming falls into this category of things that we actually don't have a direct solution for. And all of the solutions that all of like these, you know, everyone says on their Facebook profile, what we can do is actually bullshit. And essentially that's a problem that is we can think and think and think and talk about all we want. Then the day there's so many other problems that we can, that we actually have solutions for that will 100% net, a, like have a net benefit right now. If we could set this one aside, solve these problems and hope that by the time we solve this shit, we can then move on to that. So if you have a long list of things that you can do right now, for example, write your essay, you know, study for this test, phone you this client, blah, 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 blah. Those are things you can do right now and get immediate results. Right. Thinking about what you're going to do for work next year, you cannot solve that right now. Set that aside. And when right. the time comes, you will come back to it and you will have a solution for it. Right. In the meantime, don't be in a state of suffering. Choose to thrive on what you can act on right now. Yeah. And I Emma think that, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, this Yeah. I, I think totally that, agree. Yeah, I think, I think that I need uh, something that based off of what you just said that would help me categorize things based off of whether they can be solved immediately or whether they're a long-term solution and whether I can address it right now is to think about it in terms of timeline and immediacy, right? Like if I'm thinking or about it without, well, if I'm thinking about it, well, if I'm thinking about it without having the answer, accepting that I don't have the answer and tabling it, how is that different from procrastination? Because you're, um, you're not procrastinating, you're prioritizing. Like, mm. like you're, you're simply saying, this problem that I can't get out of my head, as much as I want to think about it right now, that will accomplish nothing. In 15 minutes from now, the only thing that I'll lose is all the benefit I could have had by accomplishing this list of stuff that yeah. I can do right now. Like, so for example, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I mean, this is like, I don't want to get too much into like uh, one-off situations, but like, let's say your girlfriend was going to go on a trip to like Bali and she has no phone for a month and you get into a huge fight and she gets onto the plane and leaves, right? 
you can think about it all you want, but guess what? <laughs> like, like I, as much as this may sound ridiculous, but you know, yeah, I know that actually really helps me understand. Never happened. And maybe I put a little bit of time to think of, okay, what, you know, what, what, how do I actually feel about this? What am I going to say when she gets back? But otherwise how most people live their life is they would suffer for an entire month and say, well, dude, of course I suffered. My girlfriend and I got in a fight and she was gone for a month rather than dude, yeah. you could be so productive in that month when she gets back, then deal with it. But now take that timeline to two minutes, five minutes, an hour, a month, a day, a year, whatever, and think of the problem of your girlfriend leaving and not being able to handle it to the client who's not answering your call. No worries, man. Deal with all the other shit. And then when the client does call you back, then deal with it. That's actually a really good example. Dude, it's, it's like, it's the number one, like it's not number one skill. It's one of the most vital skills in business is being able to know what you can actually control and what you can't control the things you can control don't worry because you can act on it and the things you can't control don't, don't you don't worry because you can't do anything about it yeah that's that's, that's always really, a one-on-one quite me. honestly man that is the area of business operation that i struggle with the most is is locus of control <laughs> yeah mm. man dude everyone does because it's like we want to control I mean, we're, we're, like uh, everything, everything to me is internal. Like it's, it's in my internal locus to control. Um, and almost nothing is external to what I consider to be my responsibilities. Yeah. Right, so that's probably a good um, point, to be honest. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think otherwise, no, I actually got a lot out of that. I need to start thinking about most of these issues as, um, you know, like this client just, or not, you know, business is wrapped up for the year. So this probably isn't a good example, but like this prof just emailed me. I can either see this as like a red flag, uh, immediate urgent action email in my inbox, or it's my girlfriend that's in Bali <laughs> that's mad at me for a month and I'll mm. deal with it when I'm done with what I'm doing, you know, with, you know, yeah, that, that's, the current totally, thing I'm doing. Yeah. Totally. The, the email from a prof is actually a great example. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Mm. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We really hope you enjoyed the podcast. As usual, you can reach us directly at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com or at theweeklycallpod on Instagram. To keep up to date with any upcoming episodes, content, and guest interviews. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.